Reconnect with CUNY. Whether you are a first-time college student, a parent, a veteran, or an adult with some college credits, there's a place for you to continue your dreams or start fresh. No matter where you are along your journey, the CUNY Reconnect program can provide financial assistance and one-on-one personalized support to get you going. It's not too late to start again. Go to cuny.edu slash reconnect today. Do you know a healthcare hero? Someone who fights for better care for their families, their friends, or their community? The New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice wants to honor them and you with a pair of tickets to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Summer Jam at UBS Arena on June 2nd. Visit hot97.com slash NYH Justice to enter to win. Must be 18 or older to enter. Made hot by the New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice. We got Ebro, Lauren Rosenberg, Ebro in the morning. I want to introduce everybody. Yo, it's interesting, too, because it's the first day of Black History Month, and we have a, uh, a young black, I think, billionaire who's building a stadium <laughs> nah. in Connecticut who is, a, uh, I believe, a Harvard grad. He's a tech CEO. He's a great husband and father and family man, and he's started a, um, a soccer team. Uh, MLS Pro Soccer Team, or at least a franchise, MLS Next, right in Connecticut, right, Andre? Yeah, MLS MLS Next Pro. Couple couple things though. I'm not a billionaire. Uh, I've no. done pretty well, but I'm not I'm not quite a, not quite a billionaire. <laughs> and uh, uh, I went to UConn, man. I'm a UConn Husky. I'm not a UConn. Har- I'm not a All right, there it is. There it is. Let's okay, cool. So so MLS Next, uh, which is pretty much professional soccer. It's minor league professional soccer, correct? Is where you're starting. Yeah, so so MLS Next Pro, you could think of it as you know AAA baseball, or um, you know the G League to the NBA. So it's the it's the the second division of of MLS. And so, why did you? Um, oh, sorry. oh, go ahead, Laura. Go ahead. No, I'm just curious. Why did you pick soccer? Yeah, so there's a bunch of reasons. Look, I you know growing up in the Bronx uh, in the in the '90s, soccer wasn't the thing, right? Everybody in the fall played played football or played basketball. Um, my wife and I both ran track in college, so I, I was never a soccer player, but I had the opportunity to go to um, get a scholarship to the Hotchkiss School, boarding school up in Connecticut. Um, and uh, in my dorm, there's a, a cat named Shavar Thomas um, from Jamaica, another um, right down the hall from me, another um, kid, Alex Blake. Shavar ended up becoming the, the, the captain of the Reggae Boys, so the captain of the Jamaican national team. Wow. And we had a, a really good soccer team in high school, and there was, you know, all the coaches from all over the country and scouts from Europe and other things would, would be there. And so you just became a fan of your friends, right? They went off to the, the right. under-17 uh, World Cup, and the whole school was cheering for them. Um, and then uh, going to UConn, UConn led the, the country in attendance for, for Division One soccer as well. So even though I ran track, you know, athletes would all support each other. Um, and so really just the fandom. And then when you look at the change in demographics and youth participation in sports in the country, soccer is really the, the fastest growing opportunity in terms of uh, sports ownership. Um, and then Connecticut being, you know, being a resident in Connecticut, Connecticut is the most underserved and kind of the, the most densely populated and affluent media market in the country without any NFL, any NBA, MLB, NHL, or MLS. Um, and it's amongst the top viewers of soccer in the country. And so when I put all those things together, it just it just seemed like a, a, a transformational opportunity. I love this. So Andre, the MLS Next Pro, if I, like, you know, we had this conversation, I forget, uh, I think it was Mbappe just a second ago, got that stupid offer from Saudi, from like the Saudi Arabia, uh, I don't know, it was like a billion dollar contract <laughs> to go play. He turned it down. Yeah. 
Uh, but at the time, it's kind of like, yo, parents, I know your kid likes, you know, so- uh, basketball or football, but are you seeing what's happening in soccer around the world? Maybe we need to, if you're interested in, you know, participating in professional sports and you want to make a lot of money, it feels like soccer's the direction things are going, uh, at least internationally. Do you feel like this is an opportunity for young, young, uh, young families or just young people in general to get involved in professional sports? Yeah, no, for sure. Look, I think there's a couple of things, particularly when we talk about the domestic opportunity in the U.S. Um, it's really going to be unprecedented between now and the end of this decade. So this summer you have Copa America, right, which is one of the largest tournaments in the world. So you're going to have Argentina and Brazil and all those teams coming up and playing in the U.S. Um, then next year you have the Club World Cup hosted in the United States uh, again. Then 2026, you have the World Cup hosted in the United States. 2028, you have the Olympics, so both men's and women's soccer wow. tournaments. And so you have, you know, four of the six largest tournaments in the world will be hosted on U.S. soil just over the next four and a half years. So when you talk about the exposure for kids, I think, um, you know, there's more professional soccer leagues in the world than there are basketball. There's, you know, virtually no professional football leagues in the world out, uh, of any sort of real uh, size outside of the, the U.S. And, and Canada. Um, um, baseball is increasingly becoming global, but in the big scheme of things is is, is um, marginalized to only really, you know, 20 countries that have any sort of real baseball playing. And so soccer is far and away the largest sport in the world. And I think the United States is, is catching up. I think the challenge has been, particularly when you talk about working class um, uh, areas or urban areas, is a lack of access for kids to be able to play soccer and get good coaching. We're the only really large country in the world where it's pay to play, right? You know, um, growing up in the Bronx, for me, you could play police athletically basketball for twenty dollar registration, registration, right? And right. there's a basketball court in every neighborhood in New York. And City. then you just show um, up with your shoes and you could play. Yeah. Yeah, soccer is is a lot less accessible in urban areas. You don't have the fields or the pitches to play on. Um, the teams sometimes are four, five, six, seven thousand dollars a year to be on wow. any of these travel teams. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're launching a free youth academy in Connecticut as well, um, which I think will just open and widen the pool for access for for kids to be able to to be able to play. Two of my nephews play competitive soccer on the Jersey side. Uh, uh, Caden, he actually goes to a uh, like one of those, um, you know, one of those high end schools recruited him to go a, a, like an academy in Jersey. Right. And mm-hmm. then he went to MLS next and then they offered him and his family, you know, opportunity to move to Colorado, uh, you know, like literally at 16 years old, move to Colorado with his family and start, you know, per, uh, training to be on the professional level in the MLS. And then every weekend, his family's driving to Philly, Maryland, you know, so even that as, you know, and they're, you know, they're a family of six and, you know, dad is a dad has a job. Mom, mom has a job, but they're a two family, you know, two parent home trying to share riding and commuting and dropping off. And this kid's got to go over. How do parents have time? Because not just the, the money to be in soccer. But the time to actually get your kid in these competitive outlets to even get into the professional system of soccer in the United States, how is that even possible? Yeah, look, I mean, there's, there's no way to sugarcoat it, regardless of, you know, you could be wealthy, right? It's, it's still a sacrifice. But I think, look, it doesn't matter if it's soccer or if it's tennis or it's, it's you know, high level uh, elite for, for any sort of sport or, or, or passion. I think it, it doesn't matter race or political affiliation. 
parents all of us want opportunity for their kids, right? So, right. so people will, will 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 pack up in that car and 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 sacrifice their social life and spend their whole weekend to go support their 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 son or their daughter doing something. That's not going to change, right? Just just having you know more resources or or making the game more accessible to kids. That's not going to change the sacrifice um, that that parents make for those opportunities. I think that the reality though is is ninety nine percent of the kids aren't going to be on that elite level mm -hmm. right so sometimes it isn't just about the elite players that can become pro um, obviously we're going to focus on our academy on those kids because you're, you're you're trying to build your pipeline of professional players but i think there's still the, the, the larger opportunity in terms of like community and what's going to impact most parents is having the resources for that local team in bridgeport connecticut or in stanford connecticut or new haven or in port chester or in mount vernon or or all these places where just kid more kids can play and, and a lot of that is local so you're not you know that's you just need two hours on a saturday afternoon right, right. Uh, and so i think uh, you know both my wife and i were d1 athletes right we both ran track at, at uconn um where we met i can't fathom if my parents when i was growing up you know in in, in the bronx if my parents had to pay five, six, seven thousand dollars for, for me to play a sport or, or frankly, the, the travel that you're talking about. I think what a lot of people know is um, my dad almost never was able to make it to. I think I can count on less on two hands how many times my dad came to a basketball match or track me because mm. he was working. Right? right. So a lot of a lot of families can't make that. So it's it's traveling with the team. It's traveling with the, the parents of another family and stuff like that. But I think the bigger opportunity, too, is is really accessibility even to go into the pro game. Right. I, 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 you know, I maybe had a couple of times I went to Yankee Stadium to the six dollar bleacher seats in the, you know, uh, behind uh, center field right, right back as a kid. But, um, you know, most most families in, in the in the tri-state area can't afford to go to Giants and Jets and, 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 and Knicks and, and all these games and stuff like that. And so I think one of the opportunities, too, in terms of uh, why we're building this new stadium in Connecticut is accessibility even to go see professional sports, right? A lot of families don't have that time to commute two hours, three hours to to Boston or New York and, and that expense. So I'm really excited and the, the, the feedback has been amazing from the community. So when is the stadium, uh, when will it be built or is it already built in Bridgeport, Connecticut? So, uh, so I was, uh, when we were getting ready for this, I saw there was a major announcement of the MLS Next Pro, uh, I guess they're calling it, uh, what is it, CT United. Yep. Yeah, CT United FC is, is the name of the team. Um, we we secured um, control of about 20 acres of land on the water in, in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, and uh, it was an old Greyhound dog track. Okay. It's been closed for some time. So, you know, we're, what we're trying to do is tear it down uh, pretty soon over the next few months and do some remediation. We're aiming to have that, that stadium ready, ready for summer of 25, um, uh, the first phase. Uh, it is an aggressive uh, goal, but it, it's something that you know we've been working on for for over three years, and it's uh, I think I, I appreciate more so now than I would have three years ago how difficult it is to find 20 acres of land in the northeast of the United States, close to a highway and close to public transportation. Right. Uh, it, <laughs> so um, you know we're really excited about we, what we've been able to secure and kind of the opportunity it is for that stadium. And you have the support of the mayor and the governor. Uh, in in the state, so this is this looks like it's going to happen. The only thing that may make it fall short is what running out of money, which you have a lot of. So it's going to happen. <laughs> Look, I mean, it, it, it's always um, with any sort of these kind of public-private partnerships, and you see the you know very popular across the country in terms of whether whether it's the NFL or NBA or NHL. 
MLS in terms of making this viable, a lot of the work is infrastructure, right? So it's raising, you know, the, the, the site is on the water. So it's raising from FEMA floodplain, it's it's sewage, it's um, it's remediation of, of, of the site to make it safe. So a lot of that stuff is infrastructure that I think is normally the expectation of a city or a state to provide so that the private capital can go to the project. And um, look, the, the first institutional investor that I had in my tech startup was the state of Connecticut. They got in at a $1.5 million valuation and the state of Connecticut got in, got out at well over a hundred million dollars. Mm. So I, I've been kind of, uh, I've, I've made a lot of money for the, for the state in terms of um, the, the projects that I've done. And I, and I don't expect this to be any different, um, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a challenge. There's, there's a, it's not just the state, it's working with the community, with, with the zoning and community leaders and everybody's been really exciting because of the economic impact that this could have. Well, look, man, um, this is dope. One, two, this is a dope way to start black history month to meet a, uh, we'll just call you a hundreds and hundreds of millionaire <laughs> black man from the soon area, be, from the to, Bronx. Soon to be billionaire. Soon to be billionaire who's uh, part of the MLS, um, you know, movement. And so now you have an MLS next team and a stadium. When do you actually level up or what, and what's that process to where? Because you're the only black owner, too, in MLS. Yeah, I mean, what, what's shocking is I'm the only black owner, principal black owner, right, majority black owner of a team for any of the major leagues associated with NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, or MLS right now, right? And so that's something I didn't, you know, since after Michael Jordan sold the, the Hornets, there is no majority black owner of any of those teams in those leagues. And so that's a bit, you know, intimidating, frankly, to, to be as well, uh, and, and some pressure, but whatever, it is what it is. Um, uh, you know, um, our ownership group is is we're we're in some conversations and expanding, and we look to put in a, a formal bid for the full MLS team. So, kind of, we have the MLS Next Pro, which is kind of that's the the you know the the minor league team of MLS. We're gonna have the Youth Academy, um, which, and then we have the Stadium Project. And so, we feel that we have the 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 best infrastructure of any potential expansion market in the country. And we and we think also we can really reinvigorate the, the New York City media market too. You know, what's the biggest show in town in college basketball is UConn, right? Yeah. There's a reason St. John's doesn't even want to play UConn at Madison Square Garden. Oh, he's talking crazy of, now. Yo, he talking, I mean, this is going left. Listen, this is going left. No, 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 no. This is so listen. I'm just playing with is, you. I'm playing it, with it, you. It, it, it is what it is, right? The big show in town in Madison Square Garden for college basketball. Is UConn. You know, Seton Hall fans are great. Rutgers fans are great. Oh, cool. he going. Oh, this John. is getting nasty. Listen. No, this no, no, no. I'm just nasty. keeping it real. I'm keeping it real. St. John fans are, are great. But the big show for college basketball is, is UConn. When UConn comes to town, that's when the tickets are most expensive in the garden. That's when the crowd is is, is raucous. I mean, and St. So John's think, might have something to say over the next couple of years. We're going to see what, what Rick Pitino does. I, what about Seton Hall? I mean, Our guy's the coach now, Rosenberg. Yeah, listen, these teams are all great, right? But all of them combined, right? Every other team in the Northeast combined, right? Every other team in the Northeast combined has won less championships than UConn. Oh, right? man, he took it up a notch. <laughs> so like there's an opportunity so connecticut has already shown that it could build powerhouse teams when i was going to say the 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 community in connecticut clearly are are rabid sports fans right in many different ways and so they deserve what you're bringing them um and they're going to show up because it's their it, it'll be their franchise yeah exactly they're they're loyal they're prideful they're some of the best friends in the country and then I, even when i look at the opportunity for the New York City tri-state, I think just just rivalry. Look, I'm the only owner from New York City. I'm the only, you know what I mean? So everybody could say, you know, the Red Bulls are in Jersey, 
NYC is moving to Queens, they're leaving the Bronx. I'm from the Bronx. And so oh, when I look at the man. opportunity, <laughs> so when I look at the opportunity for, for the tri-state area, I think, I think we could all battle it out for, 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 to be the, the kind of dominant uh, player in the tri-state. Well, Andre, it sounds like you're ready for the smoke. If parents um, want to, you know, let's say they have a, a kid in college or a kid in high school that soccer's a professional soccer's their path, um, is there a process for kids to be seen by your youth? Uh, what is it called? The, the Youth Academy youth or Academy? even MLS Next Pro? How does this work? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think the best thing would be, and we've already had, I think, uh, well over 600 parents reach out to us just in the last couple of weeks about, hey, how, how can my kid try out for a team? Um, so uh, ctunited.com, ctunited.com, and right there you can go uh, and link to the academy, sign up for the, the newsletter, and we'll share information about tryouts that we'll have, um, multiple locations tryouts that we're going to have this spring um, for kids to try out for the youth academy. We already have had a full-time scouting team in place for over two years going to high school and travel team and college matches. We have a team in, out in St. Kitts right now at a combine. Uh, we're in um, Central America. So we're actively trying to build a team. I, we're not we're not just doing this to be around. Like I want to be good. I want to win. Like I, I'm I'm too uh, I, my ego couldn't handle losing. I don't know how owners do that. So Whoa. we, we want to. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're trying to be good. I, I, it's crazy because my publicist told me do not say you're going to win. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, well, it's we, too late. We're gonna try to, um, <laughs> it's too late now. So whatever trouble you get into, don't blame it on your publicist. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Andre Swanston, and it's pronounced Swanston, correct? Swanston. Yeah, yes, Andre sir. Swanston representing the BX. Uh, he is the principal owner of CT United up there in Connecticut. New Stadium 2025, Youth Academy on the way, uh, MLS Next Pro, um, Andre, uh, listen, man, thank you for just being an amazing black man and, and representing in the business world and representing in the, in the sports world as well. And thank you for coming on this show um, and, and telling us what you have going on. Reconnect with CUNY. Whether you are a first-time college student, a parent, a veteran, or an adult with some college credits, there's a place for you to continue your dreams or start fresh. No matter where you are along your journey, the CUNY Reconnect program can provide financial assistance and one-on-one -on -one personalized support to get you going. It's not too late to start again. Go to cuny.edu slash reconnect today. Do you know a healthcare hero? Someone who fights for better care for their families, their friends, or their community? The New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice wants to honor them and you with a pair of tickets to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Summer Jam at UBS Arena on June 2nd. Visit hot97.com slash NYH Justice to enter to win. Must be 18 or older to enter. Made hot by the New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice.